Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. The Daily Dollop podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm continuing my chat about clean eating and instead offering you my top tips for establishing small healthy eating habits into your diet this spring. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I hope you're having an amazing day. My name's Kate Freeman. I'm a registered nutritionist and I'm the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic. And in today's episode, I want to carry on my conversation about clean eating and specifically focus more practically today because I I got a bit philosophical and pretty deep yesterday. And the reason that I wanted to do that is because I think it's really important to understand that like it is for so many things in life, that there are extremes on both sides of the spectrum and often hanging out on either side of the spectrum in the extremes is generally not the best place for us to be. And the same goes for nutrition and health and there is, you know, um, as dietary qu- quality decreases and we're eating lots of ultra-processed foods and we're not eating any vegetables, right, at that end of the spectrum, we know that there are health consequences long-term if that pattern's followed, you know, over years and years and years. But so too can then increasing your diet quality but then taking this idea of pursuing health and wellness to the extreme and it then starting to mean that you are cutting out food groups, feeling stressed and anxious, being very rigid and controlling about what you eat uh, to the point where it's actually starting to now hinder your health and not just physically. Obviously, there are risks of from under eating long term and vitamin and mineral deficiencies from cutting out food groups, just like there are health risks at the other end of the spectrum when we our diet quality is low. But it's also, you know, impairs our psychological well-being because we're stressed and anxious and it's affecting us socially. And so I guess I just want to bring some awareness and shed some light on the fact that balance really is an important thing when it comes to our health. And and we want to make sure that the way that we're pursuing our health is not from this moral perspective that ends up, you know, really... Uh, polarizing our thinking and and grouping foods as good and bad and behaviors as good and bad and therefore ourselves as good and bad. So with that in mind, I want to just put forward some really key healthy tips um, that you can start to implement into your life on a day-to-day basis. And as you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, that I'm a huge believer in making small sustainable changes as opposed to huge big ones. And when I say huge, big ones, things like waking up and cutting out all carbohydrates or deciding that you're never going to eat takeaway again, or thinking that you're going to cut out, 
you know, all sugary foods and chocolate, right? These are generally quite large, extreme, drastic behaviours that aren't sustainable, nor are they necessary. However, these small little tweaks that either put more vegetables into our day that then increase our nutrient intake or swaps of our carbohydrate-rich foods to more high-fibre options or ways that we can hydrate ourselves more with water, etc. All of these tiny little things add up to a consistent pattern of behaviour that then promotes health long-term. And I like to explain, you know, these health behaviours as turning a dimmer dial. Like health doesn't in your body isn't a light switch, it's on or off, right? Is it? It's a dimmer dial. And so certain behaviours turn the dimmer dial towards an unhealthy body and then other behaviours turn the dimmer dial towards a healthier body. And so, you know, thinking about what you're doing the majority of the time and all these little behaviours, you know, ticking towards the healthy end of the spectrum is a good thing. But also knowing that it's absolutely fine to, you know, enjoy foods that you love that aren't particularly nutritious or have time when you're not doing extensive strenuous exercise or, you know, not ticking all the boxes all the time, right? And the whole idea and point of health behaviours is basically to just ensure that your body and mind is functioning at your best so that you can move on with what you love to do in life, right? I, I, I don't ever believe that they're the end result or the be all and end all is just like I'm living literally just so I can be healthy. I'm like, no, that's kind of dumb really. I'm, I'm, I want to be healthy and, and give my body the best chance so that I can enjoy my life to the fullest. And so here are a couple of little tips as we come into spring, we're now a month into it which is so wonderful and you potentially are being bombarded with advertisements to do particular programs or things around getting a summer body or, you know, shedding some kilos or healing your gut or something random like that. So I just want to bring you some really sensible, easy things that you can do, some changes that you can make that can help promote health in your body. Um this spring. So the first one I want to encourage you to do is think about your alcohol intake. So regardless of how many antioxidants certain drinks contain, red wine, I'm looking at you, alcohol does not promote good health in our bodies. So one of the things that I will just mention here is that alcohol is one of those foods that you can, if you choose to, potentially eliminate from your diet. And there Obviously, the very famous Alcoholics Anonymous groups are where people who have had problems with alcohol consumption and have decided and taken very conscious steps towards not drinking and staying sober, which I think are fabulous and I love reading those stories. That doesn't mean that you have to completely abstain from alcohol, but certainly finding an appropriate level is a really, really good idea because too much alcohol is definitely going to be impairing your long-term health. The key thing to think about with your alcohol consumption, if you don't feel that full abstinence is the right move for you, is to think about realistic ways that you can reduce your consumption. Because even a 30 to 50% reduction in your alcohol consumption over the week is a really great thing that you can do. Remember the dimmer dial? So don't um, 
you know, think that just because you can't fully cut it out that you may as well just drink as much as you like. Certainly finding a healthy balance is really good. I personally have only started drinking alcohol in the last maybe five years of my life, a little bit longer, but more frequently in the last five years. And I am fully aware of its ability to creep in and you find yourself not having any alcohol-free days in the week. Lockdowns, thank you very much, right? And so one of the key things that I try and do is make a conscious effort to have at least three to four alcohol-free days in the week. And I just save having a drink for, um, you know, Friday nights or the weekends and also making sure that I'm only ever having a maximum of two drinks in one night. It's usually only one. The final thing is also being aware of how much a standard drink is and, of course, trying to keep it to, you know, one, max two standard drinks in an evening. And at the end of the day, again, it's just finding what's right for you. But do know, like me, like a normal person, um, alcohol creeps into my week and I find myself thinking I've had it every night this week. So then thinking about making a more conscious effort to reduce it. The the next tip I have is going easy on the non-water drinks. So this is not to just say that like if something's not water that you shouldn't drink it and it's bad. Again, think about the dimmer dial, but coffee, soft drink, even diet drinks, cordial, protein shakes, fruit juice, they don't typically offer much from the nutrition perspective. You know, you get a bit of nutrition from milky drinks and a, a little bit from fruit juice. But overall, comparative to, you know, more nutritious meals and snacks, they don't really contribute much in the way of nutrition. And some of them obviously contain energy. And the thing with this is just being mindful of are your drinks in your day, which we often separate in our head to our food, just adding up and significantly contributing to our energy intake because they can be a key contributor to weight gain over time just from the energy building up um, and you're not being aware of them and also can make weight loss really difficult if, you know, you're focusing on your food but you're not focusing on your drinks. One of the best things you can do to manage your drinks is rather than thinking about I should stop drinking X, Y, Z – is to start focusing on what to drink when you start to feel thirsty. Because sometimes we can reach for particular drinks like, you know, um, a flavoured mineral water or cordial or a coffee even or a juice when we feel thirsty and it becomes just a, an association and a habit of what happens when we feel thirsty. So instead of reaching for, a, you know, a flavoured or a sweetened or a particular beverage when we're thirsty is build the habit of reaching for water when you're thirsty. So that way, if you do end up having a coffee or a soft drink, it's generally a more conscious choice because you're deciding that you that's what you want to drink because that's what you want to drink. And that's absolutely fine. It's your choice. You're a grown adult. Rather than just defaulting to those drinks because you feel thirsty. I actually really struggle with my water intake. And I go through like troughs, peaks and troughs with how good I am at drinking water. But I typically sit on the dehydrated end of the spectrum. I think it comes from pregnancy when I used to just like find it really hard to hold a wee. And I think I, think I still struggle with holding a wee, which – I probably should have talked to a physio about that. And so then I feel nervous about drinking too much water because then my bladder gets full and rah, 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 rah. I don't know. There's this, it's a complicated thing in my head with drinking water and weeing anyway. But one of the ways that I find that 
if I'm not drinking enough water, I want to drink like I just go and want to pour myself a, a, a milky drink or I want to drink more coffee. And I end up reaching for these drinks because I'm associated then with clenching, quenching my thirst. So one of the things I've helped that's helped me go back to water is just using um, a fruit to sane, like a tea bag or a green tea. Currently drinking this lovely tea, green tea called Asha, which is my daughter's name. And that's why I bought it. And it's lovely. And I just like top that up throughout the day, just on one bag. And just the fact that it's warm water and slightly flavored just helps me drink it more. Um, Yeah. And I'm quenching my thirst with water as opposed to a drink. So just some little tips there, fresh mint leaves, lime wedges, even frozen berries, cucumber slices can just add a little bit of flavor to water as well, particularly in summer. It's super nice. If you find that drinking water is a challenge for you. My last point for today episode is don't get sucked into the smoothie cleanse and detox plans and programs. Oh, my Instagram feed, golly, is full of these things and they just so annoy me. I swear they just have a marketing team of people who are just like, what could we make up about food today to put on a meme to promote our smoothie detox plan? Do you know what I mean? Like literally they just make they just make stuff up. I nearly said a swear word then. Actually, they make stuff up and it's annoying. So look, honestly, cleanses that involve juicing and blending, you know, fruits and foods, etc. They recommend this on the premise that you're detoxing your system and that you're giving your digestive system a, a break. But honestly, your body has been designed to chew and digest food. Um, with digesting being breakdown and absorbing. It's good for your digestive system to do that. It's been designed and created to do that. And it's not that you can't have blended, juiced or cold-pressed fruit and veggies. That's fine if you want to do that. I've, I enjoy a cold-pressed juice along with the best of them. But don't fall into the trap that, that drinking a special concoction of, you know, juiced or blended fruits and veggies on this special program that you paid oodles of money for is going to be this special thing to help you lose weight or detox your system. It's simply not true. Your teeth and your jaw, just give them a chance, right? They're dying to chew up your food for you. That's their, that's their mission in life. And if you're keen to find out more about detoxing, I actually did a deep dive on detoxing well, a few episodes back. Um, so look through past episodes for that. There's a five episode series on detoxing if you're keen to find out more about the evidence around that. Well, that's it for today's episode. Join me for tomorrow where I've got some more quick little things that you can pop into your diet to improve your health this spring. Trying to change everything all at once is the quickest way to fail. The Healthy Eating Hub online program contains a suite of habit building courses designed to teach you how to eat well long term in a way that suits you best one habit at a time. Check it out via the link in the show notes. A big thank you to the Capital Chemist and the Daily Dollop in crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review.